Yes, us. Welcome to the Kefi Life Podcast. My name is Kiki Vale, and I'll be your guide to creating a life of Ola Kala, all is well. Together, we'll get back to the basics, and we'll explore fresh new ways to flourish in mind, body, and soul the Greek way. You can look forward to interviews, stories, essential self-care strategies, recipes, and actionable takeaway Ola Kala moments. This is going to be so much fun. Let's get going. Pame! Our Lexi for today is Metanastis, Metanastis, or immigrant. My parents, God rest their souls, were Metanastes, or immigrants. Metanastes of the 50s, 60s, and 70s were a different breed altogether. What can we learn from them? It's their unbeatable work ethic. There were no excuses complaining or quitting, just good old-fashioned hard work to achieve the great American dream, and that my mother and father did do. Friend, Work like a metanastis, and you will get to gold before you know it. Eleolado, olive oil, has been celebrated in the civilized world for millennia, nearly eternal. The oil of this fruit has been more than just food to the cultures of the Mediterranean region. It's been medicinal, ceremonial, sacramental, and the foundation of great wealth and power. It is safe to say that olive oil is the ethos, the essence of Greek culinary culture. Today, the priceless and life-giving ingredients of this liquid gold can be delivered to you when you purchase your premium bottle of Kefi Life Extra Virgin Olive Oil from the region my parents were born, the Peloponnese. The coveted Koroneki olive is extensively cultivated here in the southern part of Greece, which offers the unique microclimate needed to grow a fruit netting the utmost nutrient value for extra virgin olive oil. Kefi Life Extra Virgin Olive Oil, a boundless amount of value, high in antioxidants with anti-inflammatory properties linked to good mood and improved mental health. Get your bottle of wellness today when you visit kefilife.shop. It's the Kefi Life episode here with Kiki Vale and Ted Pappas, a contestant on season two of PBS, The Great American Recipe. That show, if you've ever seen it, is so fun. Uh, Ted is here with us live and in person. He just launched his own YouTube channel called Ted's Everyday Eats, and I can't wait to introduce him to you. Ted, how are you today? Great. Thanks for having me. Oh, God, it's my pleasure. I love your YouTube channel, your Insta page, and all your recipes. Thank you so much. It's so much fun to share that with everybody. Oh my God. And we love, we get the benefit of what you love to share. And I'm so excited to share your background uh, because your story is kind of interesting. Let's talk about how you started in this, uh, on this exciting journey. So a few years back, I was just making dinners for my family as I normally do. And one of my daughters said, you know, you need to share this with, 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 with my, with, with my sister, her aunt. She always wanted me to share pictures. And so I created an Instagram page and started sharing pictures with mainly family at first, but then started sharing it with a little bit more. And, uh, and then all of a sudden I was reached out to by two different shows to be a potential contestant. And one of them was The Great American Recipe, where I was given a spot for season two. And does your culture have anything to do with that? Because people should know that you are Greek. I am am (laughs) Greek, yes. And and that's a big part of The Great American Recipe. It's about heritage, culture, ethnicity. And in America, as we're a melting pot, that we are very different in our cultures, maybe where we came from, but 
what our relationship is with food for our family's histories and our culture's histories is very similar. And I identify with that really because sometimes I'll eat a meal and I will just think back to my Theo Xanthia or my Theo Yorgo or you know somebody that's in my family that came over. Uh, I really like the fact that you were able to take your culture and your food and get this spot on the Great American Recipe. But let's backtrack just a second. You're a formally trained architect. That's right. So I am not in the food industry by any means from a uh, from a professional side. I'm a degreed architect and spent most of my career, actually all of my career, in, in healthcare consulting on the architecture and building system side. A few years back, was very fortunate to sell my firm as one of a few principals in the company, which then gave me more time after that was done to be semi-retired, as I, as I kind of tell everybody. I do a little consulting now, but that freed up a lot of my time to really start exploring the culinary journey as I, as I kind of tell people that, I, that I've been going on since then. And I see that a lot with people. You know, they kind of get a second career going, but they always had that little passion inside of them. And so you've taken your passion for cooking and you've turned it into exploring the meaning of food, so to speak. It's definitely been a passion. It's 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 always kind of been within my family and my family's DNA, uh, going back to my uh, my mom's father having uh, his first restaurant uh, in the city of Chicago in the fifties, then having a large supper club, a traditional supper club, late fifties, early sixties, before he passed away, and then we had a final family restaurant in Edison Park on the northwest side of Chicago in in the seventies. So. So taking care of others and the hospitality that comes from both the Greek culture and from the restaurant business has always been a big part of my family's DNA that's always been passed down to me, specifically through my mom. You know, it's interesting that you say that I'm connecting with you on such a deep level here because my father, who recently passed away, he was 90 when he passed, he came over from Greece to America when he was like 32. He had He eventually opened up a Greek restaurant with my mom. Fast forward almost 50 years, and then a year after he died, customers would come in and say something similar to what you said about helping others through food. And my mother would too, at just giving food, helping a person that was hungry, helping a person who lost her job, helping a person who was like during the holidays had nowhere to go. That, that's a big part. I mean, you know, the the phrase it takes a village, I think, is is maybe thrown around a little too loosely by some people. But back when my grandfather had his first restaurant, and when you look at kind of the history of America at the time, with certain immigrants and certain cultures coming over, in the 50s, my grandfather would sponsor other Greeks coming over to America from Greece. And he would sponsor them traveling here, maybe setting them up. And a big part of what he did was if they needed food, he would provide that as a restaurant for them. And when you look at now that kind of how inherently that's been passed down to me. It hasn't been a specific, here's what this person did and you need to do it. But I think it's just been part of our DNA and my family that my mom passed down because the Great American Recipe on PBS very much embodies what that is. Because it's one of these shows, while it is a competition show, you see contestants and the eight of us, how we help each other out throughout the show, whether it's tasting something and saying, hey, can you taste this out, Selma, and say, do I need, you know what, you need a little more salt in there. Somebody asking me, Ted, oh, can you taste this? How does this taste? And, and you give some feedback. And it's about helping others and growing 
going as home cooks versus a cutthroat competition that 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 another network might do. This is the only kind of show that PBS is the only network that could really do this kind of show. It's very much within what their culture is. How much do I adore that for many reasons as a mother, as a wife, as a person who loves her Greek heritage and culture and the things that have been passed down to me or embedded to me like you in your DNA. And that thing that you're describing is philoxenia, hospitality. How wonderful to be able to share food, create food, make food, and really truly in a very intrinsical way help someone. And the fact that your family did that and now you're doing it is just, you've got to feel so fulfilled with that. It, it is very fulfilling. And and part of the reason I was asked, you know, why do you want to do the Great American Recipe? So why do you want to be on it? Well, first of all, they found me, which was, was an honor. I mean, it was really a great feeling that somebody recognizes you. What was that moment like? Like, what were you feeling like? Hey, somebody recognized me. It, it was it was pretty awesome. It was pretty awesome. From, from the first time being reached out that somebody says, hey, we want to talk to you about possibly being on a show to going through the entire lengthy interview process to finally getting that 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 notification that hey you've got a spot and we're offering it to you so that was wonderful and, and one of the reasons I really wanted to do it was to give something to my daughters so that they could have as they got older to remember me by I've got pictures of my 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 grandfather my papu my mom's Dad, uh, but you know, back in the fifties, you, you didn't have you didn't have a camera attached to your hip where you took pictures of everything. And you know, today we, my daughter might take twenty pictures today of, of something. Back then, you didn't have it. And I, I tell my kids, we live in this golden age of technology where we can record anything, video, audio. But to me, it's about the quality of what we're providing and for the future. So, can I give them and going? on the Great American Recipe, give them something that they could have as a memory of their father at a certain point in his life that they could see for them and their kids and pass down from generation to generation, just as recipes were passed down from generation to generation. It's such a legacy that you are leaving your family and what a positive way that you will be remembered by. Not that you're close to going anywhere, but I like your thinking. You're really forward thinking. Um, so earlier we were talking a little bit about when you were on the Great American Recipe, you had two challenges, but you were judged not on the recipe only, but also on the story. That's right. One of the most unique things about uh, the Great American Recipe on PBS is that, of course, you're, you know it's a cooking competition show. So you're judged on taste, you're judged on presentation, but you're also judged on how well the story for that recipe ties into the theme of the challenge. So it's not just create something and make it, and how good are you at being a home cook? Because everybody on the show is an amateur. We're not professionally trained. We're all home cooks. But it's about how we can tie also in the recipe to a story and what that story means to us. And if you look at what PBS does on, on so many different levels, it's about history and it's about culture and it's about the value that that provides us more than just you know how quickly you can make uh, whatever's lifted you know underneath a box that some 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 host lifts off and says now you got 30 minutes to cook this. It's it's just as much about the story as it is about the taste. Is there a recipe that you like to make that has a very un- unique story uh, that 
comes to mind? Yeah, so you're thinking back to the challenges on on the show that we had, um, there were a couple different ones that really kind of kind of hit home for me, and one of them was um, Nation of Noodles, knowing that every culture throughout the world has some tie-in to noodles. And for me, one of the, the or the dish that I made was a, a beef coquinisto, which is a, uh, which is a, a thick a bucatini noodle in a red sauce uh, with a, a braised beef. And for me, what made this recipe even, made this recipe super special to prepare is I had forgotten about it. My sister and I both had forgotten about this recipe from our childhood. And it's one of those recipes that sometimes things get lost and you forget about it. And when I was presented with the challenges for the show and and said, well, you have to give certain dishes to prepare, I was thinking of some noodles and I already had some other noodle dishes assigned to some other challenges. And then I came up with this dish and I talked to my sister and we forgot about it. And our mom used to make it all the time. Now, growing up, it was different, and she would make it with uh, a chuck roast in a pressure cooker because that was the cheapest piece of meat back in the day. And you could make it in a pressure cooker. You could stretch it out. Of course, being on a show with a challenge where you've only got 60 minutes to prepare something or 90 minutes, you've got to change it up. But for me, it was fun to go down a little bit of memory lane to not only find the recipe, make it before I went on the show to remember it, but the first time I made it at home and the smell and the taste brought me back to my childhood, that when I made it on the show, it had all this extra meaning for me. Oh, you almost started crying. <laughs> I would. All right, so we're wrapping up here. This went really fast. If you were to say to somebody like, if you, you know, you have all these different cultures, you have Italian, you have Mexican, you have Greek, you have Thai, you have African-American, all these different cultures that have their specialty of food. Do you think that each culture sort of gravitates inherently to their DNA food? Like I, my first choice for food is Mediterranean Greek. Yeah, I, you know, I feel the same way. I, I will gravitate towards something a little more Mediterranean Greek, but it's one of those things that I will try so many different uh, food uh, foods from different cultures. And it's funny that you bring that up because I recently did an episode, a web episode for PBS called Pan Pails, where you make a dish of somebody else's and they make a dish of yours. And there's a common tie-in. And for, for my episode, it was rice. And the dish I made was a Libyan red bean and rice with a braised lamb. And it had very much Greek, uh, kind of Greek flavoring to it that as I was as I was eating it and we were filming, I got some feta out of the fridge and crumbled it on. Like, boy, this really added to it. And it kind of brought me into my kind of my my own Greek, but it was still that Mediterranean, it was still this great tie-in that I think oftentimes we do gravitate towards our own culture, but we will still reach out and expand our horizons. Yeah, something I didn't eat when I was a kid that I eat all the time now is sushi. I just, I mean, I just love sushi. I yeah. just think it's really good because it's fresh and all that good stuff. All right, so for the folks that are out there um, that want to learn more about you, how can they do it online? Sure, they can go to my Instagram at Ted's Everyday Eats. They can go to my YouTube channel, the same thing, Ted's Everyday Eats, and check me out. Awesome, well, it's gonna be a lot of fun for them. I had a lot of fun. My favorite is the um, egg and feta everyday eat. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's yes. So the fried, the fried uh, feta egg. Yeah. Oh my God. It, I can't wait to try that tomorrow. All right. I think we have to have you back, Ted. Definitely. I would love to come back. Okay. We're going to do it. We're going to do it another time. But in the meantime, let's end this, wrap it with something really interesting, which is uh, I asked this question to all my special guests. Of course you are a very special guest. Uh, 
Ted Pappas of The Great American Recipe, Once and Twice, <laughs> right? Once and Twice? Yeah. You were on there a couple times? Yeah, well, um, season two and then another PBS fun thing with pan pails. There you go. So fun. So in my life, Ted, answer this question. In my life, um, I've learned that. In my life, I've learned that there's nothing wrong with trying something and failing and trying it again. Perfect ending to a great episode. Have a terrific day. Thank you. Stay right there. Up next, your weekly takeaway to keep it all as well. Hola, cala. This Ola Kala moment brought to you by the law offices of Liston and Centillus, ranked number one by the Leading Lawyers Network since 2010, taking care of all your real estate needs. Someone once said, the sun comes out for everyone. So essentially, there's enough room, space, and success for each of us on planet Earth. Helping each other will allow for each individual to share his or her unique talent to achieve that which is destined. Help someone Help yourself, and it's Olekala all as well. Kiki Vale is the founder of Kefi Life. She is passionate about whole person wellness and living a fulfilled life. Her Kefi Life podcast is created to simply and naturally help you harmonize the mind, body, and soul the Greek way. Visit kefilife.com and check out Kiki Vale on LinkedIn and on Twitter. Join us again next time for more positive energy and inspiration on Kefi Life.